Anything could happen. And will. And will. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast. I'm Rob Fiorandino, and I'm here with my hosts, my hosts, from coast to coast, the hosts with the most, David Carney. Hi, Carney. How are you? I'm thinking that maybe they're a little too much improv. <laughs> <laughs> you can never have too much. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good morning. I am uh, breathing. Excellent. That's wonderful. Uh, what's uh, anything new and exciting happened in your guys' life uh, this last couple weeks? This fortnight? <laughs> Coughing. Excellent. Good. <laughs> uh, I'll take that as a no. I had a little, uh, I had some fun and excitement. Uh, yesterday we picked up our, our new puppy. We have a puppy named Binkley. He's named after the uh, character for in uh, those of you in the audience who are as old as we are might remember Bloom County. Yep. An excellent comic strip from the uh, from the 80s. And Binkley was a teenager with a uh, closet full of anxieties. And uh, yeah. my wife's Neurotic favorite character. Neurotic would have been the wor- word I would have used. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that also applies. Uh, now you yeah. need a cat named Milo. We have a cat named Mimi right now, so the cat and the dog will be uh, are, are they're kind of staring each other down at the moment. Well, actually, the cat is staring the puppy down, and the puppy is just being a puppy, oblivious. <laughs> that'll that'll change as soon as the puppy gets a swipe across the face. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the cat. So yeah, it'll be. Uh... Oh, the they'll be best friends shortly once the puppy learns who's the boss. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the cat the cat uh the cat has been around a dog before. We had when my wife first moved in, we had two cats and one dog and they all kind of behaved themselves fairly well. Have you guys have you guys uh, Dave, you've had some experience with uh, mixing animals? No, in fact, we we took extra lengths to not mix them because our dog was really old and Mm-hmm. Just didn't really want to have to take it to the vet for s- cuts and bruises. Yeah. So no, that I we've mixed in my family cats and dogs forever, and, you know, and um, we've never had a a a you know even even a clean up kind of thing. When when the cats are educating dogs, it's it's not clawed smacking. It's you know no. Withdraw the claws, bip them on the nose, and tell them, I'm the cat, you're the dog, I'm in charge. And then, then they cuddle. Yeah. That was the that was kind of the the way I, I had an old, old dog and two younger cats when my wife first moved in. And there was a lot of bopping in the head. And unfortunately, the dog was just... <laughs> The dog named Lily was just going blind at the time, so she would she would often like run into the cats, and the cats would be like, "What the hell are you doing, bop?" <laughs> and it was it was kind of an Odie Garfield kind of situation for a while there. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of speaking of comics, so yeah, so it should be fun. It's, it's this day we haven't even had the dog for twenty four hours yet, so. Oh. so my wife is uh, babysitting the dog constantly. She's she's well, taking him outside every two hours and trying to get him potty trained and all that good stuff. So. Do you have pee pads? 
We have pee pads. We have uh, recyclable pee pads. We didn't get the uh, we didn't get the other ones. So I'm trying to be environmentally sound pee padders. We actually so. use them as um, litter box to go underneath litter boxes. Oh sure, yeah. So they're useful things. Yeah. So how did you uh, choose the dog breed and then the dog that you chose? Mm-hmm. So I had uh, basically I had I had some guidelines and then my wife did the the fine tuning and and uh, selection and all that. But I, I wanted a dog shaped dog. I didn't want a uh, I didn't want a little round spherical animal. <laughs> Hold it now. What's an what's an example of a spherical dog? <laughs> oh, like a you know like a pug or a, you know bulldog or something like that. It's just kind of like no, oh, okay. Doesn't doesn't look like a dog. No, you know, I need I want I want I want a dog shaped dog that looks like when you see an icon on you know on your on your iPhone it should have that general dog shape to it. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm with you. That's my that's my prejudice, you know. It's it's not not. And then uh, and then I wanted one that wasn't probably more than not going to get more than twenty five pounds because oh. we have a we have a moderately sized house and a smallish small to medium backyard, and so you know I didn't want a I didn't want a dog that would bowl me over and you know pull my wife on roller skates as she walks him. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that. Rem- Last time we I took Farragut to the vet, the the mm-hmm. non cat vet, and there was they had to do a test. Anyway, I had to help a lady get her Great Dane out of the car. It was oh like I'm at the vet. I don't want to be at the vet. And the, the, she has this little car, you know, hatchback kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it's the biggest Great Dane I have ever seen in my life. And that <laughs> thing was huddled and looked at me, and she said, "Well, will you stand here? He's really shy on strangers, and if you're there, he'll try to go out the other door, and I'll finally be able to get him out of the car." So I stand there and try to look <laughs> frightened, and the dog looks up at me and goes, "Nope," and curls up into a ball and starts <laughs> shivering. You you were you were too frightening. You couldn't even move. You stunned him. Yeah. I mean, it was just so pathetic. This is like this two hundred pound dog, and he's like, "I'm yeah. scared." He felt yeah. so bad. It's funny now, but I felt so bad. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, Great Dane. They're the. It seems like the bigger the dogs are, the the calmer and more gentle they are. But mm. I suppose that's. I suppose it's a matter of breeding. If you're going to have a dog that's that big, they better be bred to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so yeah, we got this little. We got this now. We have a little guy that's about I don't know two pounds, and uh, yeah, he's growing. He's getting bigger. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting bigger in just the last twelve hours. Yeah. So no, approximately in. how old now? It's uh, eight weeks old right now. Eight weeks and two or three days. Yeah. So yeah. So, so give him another th- another three weeks, and he's going to be inseparable from the cat. Yeah. He's going to yeah. consider the cat his pack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, that's good. That And that'll be good because mom is very, very attached to the cat. So, uh, so they'll, they'll, they'll be together mm-hmm. quite a bit. He's kind of a fraidy, he's kind of a fraidy cat for the most part. So we'll see it. We'll see how that turns out. Hopefully it, hopefully it'll actually make him a little more, I don't know, able to be out in the world a little more. Cause whenever we have, visitors cat is immediately upstairs under the bed yeah so. and that's not a bad thing either you know because if somebody breaks in your house or something the, your cat's going to find yeah. a safe spot <laughs> yes exactly 
Well, good for the cat, not not necessarily good for yeah, us. Yeah, I think the yeah. cat should attach itself to uh, the person's <laughs> face who broke into my house. Otherwise, right. what's the point in feeding the cat? <laughs> sacrifice, cat! You must sacrifice yourself for the family. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think cats work like that. <laughs> Though you never know. Every now and then, you see a picture of a cat defending a child. You know, and the, really? Oh yeah. I mean, cats do have a sense of you know us versus them you look on the internet there, there's a, a couple of videos out there of d- dogs attacking children and out of nowhere here comes the family cat and jumps the dog mm-hmm. <laughs> i just well, don't do see that. it i was just gonna say i don't see any cat ever defending dave though <laughs> <laughs> well our dog would defend my wife but our cat couldn't care less about any <laughs> anyone anything Thing, so mm-hmm. I doubt that's true, but <laughs> you got to get so. that. You got to get the cats with le- more tiger blood in them. So or or you've got to invest in the cat to human dog owner type <laughs> translation guide. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, if you haven't had cats and you just, you don't understand. You just don't understand that cats are actually people and dogs are dogs. <laughs> Yeah, I, see, I really don't yeah. see that much difference between cats and dogs. I mean, their their body language is different, but their behavior, yeah. once you sort out the body language, I don't find to be that much different. No. No, I, agree. I actually agree with you. I, and I, my, my, having had a cat for five years now, it's definitely changed my opinions of them. And Yeah. Wow. So anyway, cats and dogs living together. Mass yeah, I was going to say, I have, I've had both now for over 10 years, and... I don't think there's any similarities except for their furry. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I suspect that the problem might not lie with the cat. <laughs> so, good omens? Or yes. Uh, well, let's see. We've got, uh, I see a couple a couple new topics here in the in the document. Indian space probe. What's a, what's an Indian space probe? Uh, the, I should have said moon probe when I wrote, but uh, the lander that they lost um, attempting to land at the South Pole, the Indian, I, I, I can't even say the the name of the probe. Um, Vikram, maybe, but anyway, uh, it's they they landed. They had an orbiter that dropped a um, lander, and the lander lost contact just two kilometers short of landing, and. In the, I guess the point I w- wanted to make with all this w- was, first of all, good for the Indians. They they put a big effort into that, and they, they came pretty close. Yeah. On it. And that's but the it's hard. Is that you know? It, it's a topic I've brought up in our space conversations before. Is that rocket science is hard? It's amazing that you can land something on the, the moon at all. And the Indians came pretty close to being, I think, the fourth country to be, land something on the moon and mm-hmm. i think that i'm i'm not sure when they're going to try again but i'm sure they will try again and i think they've got a good shot of making it next time i mean it took us i'm trying to remember how many of the surveyors crashed before they we finally managed to get one to land okay but it's a highly mm-hmm. non-trivial exercise to do it and it's just hard to explain to anybody just how hard it is so the Indians, I, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is I was reading 
an article about it, and in the comments you had the usual clowns, you know, talking about how, oh, they can't even do this. It's been, you know, 30 years since the U.S. did it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but you've got to have the experience. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not like, oh, well, this is 30 years old, so I can go to the supermarket and buy a Moonlander. You know, you've got yeah. to have the experience and the engineering and the bag of tricks that people develop that they don't even know that they have until you can manage to do something like this. Right, and even when we went back to the Mars, it wasn't perfect by any stretch. Oh, yeah, look at the, there's a whole laundry list of um, probes, U.S., European, Russian, that have, you know, added to the crater count on Mars. Right, (laughs) right, exactly. It is pronounced Chandrayaan. Okay, the Vikram must be the orbiter then. So there you go. So that's cool. And then uh, what's what's up with the uh, what's up with the extrasolar comet? Oh, that I don't know if you were paying attention, but um, maybe a year ago there was this object that came sailing through the solar system that they decided, hey, this is the first thing ever that we can confirm came from outside the solar system. Now it was it was basically a cigar shaped rock that sailed through. You know, everybody's going, oh, it's a spaceship. And it's like, yeah, it's a spaceship, it's ignoring us. I say it's a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do recall that. Well, what's the, what's the news from this week? Apparently, they've just detected a uh, comet that's on a hyperbolic orbit, which means it's coming from beyond the solar system. And they're all mm-hmm. ha- happy to say, oh, well, we're going to study this, too. I suspect it's more a case that the, the extrasolar objects are maybe more common than we realize. We're just now getting to the point where we can track them well enough that we can confirm for sure whether they're coming from inside the solar system or not. Now, what what is it about the uh, hyperbolic orbit that means that it has to be coming? I mean, briefly, what, what what's the science behind the determination? Oh, that, that's just um, the description. It's from outside. This well, is, how do we know for sure that it's coming from outside of the solar system? Because it's gotten more velocity than would allow it to stay in the solar system. Uh, the, uh, a parabolic orbit is basically a a, a circle that's really stretched out. Mm-hmm. When you break one end of the, the of the, the circle, you now have a hyper hyperbola, which now means mm. that it's you know goes off into infinity. It comes roaring in and it goes out and you know never see. Oh, it again. I see. So it's not actually orbiting; it's just kind of slingshotting around the sun. Yes. Yes. Excellent. And how and how do they know? And they just know based on the velocity that that's yeah, pretty much. It's not it's not coming back. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So that's it. (laughs) Cool. That's our space update for uh, for today. All right. We're going to move on to uh, spoiler slot. If you have not seen the show Good Omens, or if you've only seen the first two episodes, you might want to be careful in the next segment because uh, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. Um, so you just watched a Good Omens, Carney, and I've seen it. And Dave, you've seen a couple episodes of it. Uh, what'd you think? I loved it. I thought it was an absolutely faith. I, I won't say it was a recreation of the book, but it was an absolutely faithful interpretation of the book. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I really, really, really liked it. And to really spoil everything, I especially liked the ending. Yeah. Which was was the ending consistent with the with the uh, um, <clears throat> the book? Which I have not read, and I know you've read it several times. 
Yeah, you know, you asked that question. I'm I'm trying to think back now. The, they're they're kind of blurring together. I I don't think that that particular scenes were in the book, but if I remember the ending on the book correctly, they're just sitting on a park bench discussing well, what next? And their respective hierarchies have just decided to ignore them. You know, they added the little swaparoo thing to the the movie, but I think it was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they definitely left it open to uh to I definitely could see a sequel coming uh, if they if oh. you know if, if Neil Gaiman decided that he wanted to do that that it was it was open enough that they could in you know see, in I think, terms they could I think that's out, your but. audio video background speaking is yeah. that I think that that's open ended not because there's ever going to be or was ever intended or ever will be a sequel. The whole point is is that it's making a statement that Humanity is open-ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I guess I don't mean that it necessarily demands... I mean, there are definitely movies that demand a sequel mm-hmm. um, based on the ending. It certainly, it certainly was a self-contained uh, ending, and it was a good ending. So, I mean, if you, I mean, if you haven't watched it yet and you're, and you're like, oh, if it's going to be open-ended, I'll wait till season two. It's like, I don't know if there's going to be a season two. There will not I think be a season two. <laughs> yeah. And Neil Gaiman has now decided that he's, he's moving on to, what did they just announced something on Netflix that he's going to be. Sandman. Show, oh, he's going to Sandman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to be doing Sandman. Um, which actually there's a lot of similarities in the, in the mythology between Sandman and, and this show, which was kind of cool. Yeah, except that I'm I'm going to be a little cautious about seeing any Sandman stuff because I've got I bought all the the comics originally, you know, so I'm I'm mm-hmm. I know about it, but that has the potential to be fairly dark and seriously creepy, which you know gets into territory that I'm less and less interested in. The, the thing I liked about Good Omens was is that in spite of the topic being the end of the world, it was fun. It was it yeah. was. You know, it was a fun, happy. I guess is it was it was a happy show. You know, even even when the topic was depressing, you know, it was still happy. Don't know yeah. it other than that. Well, no, it has a sense of humor, and it's 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 you know, it's, that's that's I totally agree with you, and I totally relate to that. And I think it's to, for me, it's really important that any show dealing with dark subjects have a sense of humor, or it just kind of becomes so over overbearing and oppressive for me that it's just like I don't really like to watch it. Like yeah. I'm not I'm definitely not going to watch the Chernobyl miniseries. It's like I yeah. no, I I can't do that. But, you know, I'll watch TV show MASH or you know, there you know, countless things that ha- you know, horror movies that have a a good sense of humor like Cabin in the Woods or something like that and it, you know, you ha- for me you have to have that or it's just like what are what are you doing here? You're just being depressing yeah. for no reason. Did you ever see the the movie Dunkirk? No, I didn't. I heard it was really good, and I've liked uh, Christopher Nolan's other films. Um, well, I don't know. Did you see that? Yes, I did, and I can tell you that um, I, your, the word you used is oppressive. I mean, it's a good movie, and if you, it, it it'll give you a, a down at the the at low level view of what's going on at Dunkirk, but don't expect to understand Dunkirk from the movie. You have to understand what yeah. Dunkirk is before the movie or else, you know, it's just a random war movie. But oppressive is I mean, it's 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 a pressure it's hard to explain exactly. Yeah. 
You know, it's, no, I know. It's it's like if you have this really serious subject, the bra- I think the brain can only take so much of that yeah. without a break, and you just start. It's like okay, I can't. It's just overwhelming, and then and then you become numb to it, and then you're kind of losing the whole point. It's like, well, the whole point is this is horrible and yeah. awful, and you know. I don't think you get numb for Dunkirk. It's just okay. you know, it's just it's it's serious. It's serious. Yeah. it's worth yeah. seeing, but it's serious. No, no comic relief there. No charger or Binks. Right. Thank God. <laughs> well, yeah, and char- comic relief can be done well or poorly, and you know, or inappropriately. And this is not a p- venue for comic relief. <laughs> right. Right. Um, no, and I mean, and I don't, I don't mind. Uh, ser- I, I definitely do. You know, I read a lot of serious, and I've read and listened to history podcasts about you know world war one and very mm-hmm. v- things that are very serious and, and not at all but for some reason when i'm reading a book or or listening to an audio book or something like that it's like okay i can put it down i'm I've like mm-hmm. okay i've got i've got my 30 minutes of really dark trench warfare and how horrible everyone everything is and people living in their own shit and all that stuff and it's just like okay i can put this down now and <laughs> watch an episode of <laughs> <laughs> watch an episode of some comedy on television to lighten me up. Right, right. Yeah, um, but this was great. I mean, this was great. Uh, I thought it was a good, a good blend of, of comedic and and you know, of course the the two act, you know. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Michael they were Sheen, awesome. Michael Sheen and David Tennant were just fantastic. And yeah, they, they were perfect for the roles. I mean, they they yeah. they really nailed that. That that was the whole show. It, those those two had to be good and had to work together or else this was going to be a disaster and they really really nailed it yeah i I agree i think it was great and i and i do and i love neil i love neil gaiman and his stuff too and um and you know anyway so but i want to come back to the the thing you said about the sandman because they actually there actually is a show based on some of the sandman mythology right now called lucifer Mm -hmm. on uh on it's on netflix right now and yeah, I, I watched s- the first season Did and you? made it partway through the yeah. It's based on the mythology. I would say it's yeah. based on in the sense that there, the, the start of the, the premise was something out of Sandman, but mm-hmm. it, it's, 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 yeah, the characters share a name. Right. Yeah, and it's, but it, uh, but does, but that does have that sense of humor that I really enjoy. And, it's and it's not at all serious, and it's not that great a show, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's the first season's worth worth watching. I, I I sort of just ran out of steam on that show. Yeah, if you don't if you don't immediately, I I stuck through it, and we actually finished watching the the fourth season, which is has ten episodes on Netflix, and it's like. Eh, it's it's okay. They but go to Tom, the well once too often. They really do, and it's you know the thing I really like about that is just Tom Ellis is who's the guy who plays Lucifer. I just mm-hmm. he's the best thing about that show. And if you don't watch too many, you know it's it's kind of a it's a procedural. It's a, there's a murder mystery of every week, and the show does get better as it goes on. I mean that the first season was not that great. The second and third seasons were much better. Fourth season kind of tapered off a little bit. I thought. See, I thought the first season was decent and i thought the second season kind of the, the, they started they started digging too deep into okay. their own mythology i thought <laughs> right right you didn't like uh trisha was trisha helfer in season two yeah his yeah. playing his mother yes when the, the whole 
it just it just started getting too weird. Dave, you have Dave, do you have any comments on uh, on uh, trying to get back to Good Omens for a second? Do you have any comments on Good Omens? I know you watched a couple episodes. Yeah, it, it was okay. Just not. It was not really my kind of. It's not my kind of humor, and it just. I probably will end up finishing it, but it's just not something that I'm going to watch back to back. I'm still. It doesn't take us to where you probably wanted to be. I'm just struck that you say you won't watch the series Chernobyl. I mean, that's totally different than this. It's kind of a historical and relatively accurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you wouldn't watch it kind of surprises me. Yeah, it's more it, for me. It's more about the tone, and it's just. I mean, I've heard. I've, I know it's only five episodes, and there are five or six episodes, and you know. And but the the thing is, it's just a, it's just darkness the whole time, and I just that's yeah. what bums me out. Yeah, it, it's not so. that it's ahistorical or anything. I, I'm I'm here w- with Rob a hundred percent. It's we we know how it turns out, and it turns out badly, and the the people doing stuff in there were probably doing the best they could but it turned out badly and you know this this is just not this is not anything where anything is going to be but turned out badly <laughs> so and i mean and i know i've heard some people say it's it's uplifting and it you know it, it there's good parts of it and it does leave you with a little bit of hope but i don't know yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'd say that, but I guess. Okay. <laughs> well, I, well partially, to me, it's got to at least do that. Yeah, well, partially for me, it was just, you know, I'd never gotten around to learning anything about it. I mean, it happened during my time of zero information being you know, in the middle of the ocean on a ship. So I just, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know anything about it other than obviously it seemed like a bad thing. So it was, you know, lots of learning for me yeah. so maybe that's why i could be i could say i got i could say i enjoyed it from a you know learning about stuff perspective but yeah, yeah i guess it was dark but that was off but offset by knowledge gain so yeah i think it's a, i think television and art and film are a little bit different today than they were maybe when we were growing up too as back then i think most television shows and most movies were trying to be all things to all people and really get those large audiences mm-hmm. um and if somebody said something was good back in the 80s it probably was good for just and just about everybody could enjoy it i think today with as many scripted tv shows as there are and movies going all different kinds of places it seems like not everything is for everyone. Oh, definitely. And, you know, and and you really need different kinds of art. I have, I have this discussion with my son on our other podcast um, about movies, where it's like I talk about movies and art and film being salve for certain things, and everyone needs a different kind of salve uh, to kind of ease their wounds or ease their their pain or make them happy or whatever. And and not every you know not everybody likes Monty Python. Not everybody likes golden girls you know it's it's different thing different structure different folks is obviously the the cliche well and the one i go to is that there's also a difference between good and enjoyable it's like i consider alien to be one of the best movies ever i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's also something that 
I could, I, you know, if there was an act, if it was actually a new show and it was in the theaters, I couldn't go see that in the theaters. Right. You know, it has got nothing to do with whether it's good or not. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, the first time something jumped out of a closet and went boo, I'd have a coronary. <laughs> yeah. So this was this. So so you're saying though, Dave, that uh, that Chernobyl was good for you. And and you you in for I don't know if you want to say the word enjoyed it but you 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 appreciated it is that correct Yeah, it was uh, compelling enough to watch while I was learning about something that happened while I you know like I said in 1986 I had no information coming into my at all mm-hmm. and I had never I've never circled back around and really examined that time frame and this was like you know just very informative about something that I had heard about, but never took the time to look into. So Chernobyl is one of those things that would be great to watch on one of the TV shows that are about engineering failures and disasters, you know, where it's dry and technical for me, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as a drama. Yeah, that'd be, it's a little much. Might also depend on who you were with. I bet if the three of us sat down together to watch it, we could probably, I don't know. It, it might be it might be more interesting to watch in in different company than if I, I end up I, watching I, a lot of movies with either by myself or with my wife, and that kind of limits the kind of things that we we enjoy together. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like they did decide to make you know amplify. I mean, I don't know if they were amplifying the darkness of it. it just you know, because when you talk about things like this, you have to show that. You know, you have empathy for the situation or whatever. It just, you know, they could have made it more dry and technical, but I, then it would be yeah. targeting a different audience. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and the the dry and technical is what I want for stuff like that. You know, is that I'm interested in learning about stuff, but you know, the 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 dramatization. As soon as you put dramatization into something, you you pretty much lost me. It's either history hmm. or it's made up fantasy, and I don't like made up fantasy about real events. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, then you wouldn't like uh, you wouldn't like many Quentin Tarantino movies of recent vintage, then, such as uh, uh, what's the Nazi one, um, Inglorious Bastards. Oh right? yeah, and uh, and uh, Django Unchained, and then his most recent one. Once upon a time in Hollywood, all all movies which uh, take liberties with the truth, but are very satisfying liberties that he takes. With the yeah, truth. yeah, those those would probably. In fact, I recognize the names of all of those movies that quickly made it to my. I'm not going to go watch it list. Yeah, <laughs> and speaking and, of, don't I need to issue a warning? There's a <laughs> Midway movie coming out. Avoid it you? at all costs. Oh my gosh, really? Didn't they already do that? Or no, they did the Pearl Harbor movie, which was so awful. This is right. This is this is the this is Pearl Harbor risen from the grave and coming to haunt the unrighteous. Is wow. that they lost me? I was looking at. I saw the trailer, and the first thing I noticed was that the American flag had fifty stars, and I said, "Nope, <laughs> really? Uh-huh. What a what a silly thing! What a silly, easily thing to get correct to." Yeah, well, that's exactly it, yeah. is that when you don't bother to get details like that right, you, you've already announced to the fact that you don't give a flying fuck about history. I wouldn't even be surprised if they purposely put 50s on there because they didn't think their audience would recognize it as no, an American no, no, flag. No, 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 no. 
no, no, no. Think of, I'll think, tell think of the budgetary constraints that that oh, you know helped help deal with. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, this is That's all. Right. This is all stock footage. Oh, we need an American flag. Great here, right. one. Yep. Well, and you look at Roland Emmerich's. He's the director of, of the of the Midway movie, and you look at his previous movies, and it seems like it's fitting right in. You know, he did Independence Day and um, Oh God, The Patriot, and The Day After Tomorrow, and White House Down, and anyway, yeah. So it's it sounds like it's going to be right up. Yeah, the kind of movie that is not going to be good. Yeah, it's the 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 Air Warrior group that I'm. And you know the the flight sim enthusiasts from way back. The consensus is on Midway is flee. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, cool. This has been a great uh, a great podcast so far, guys. Thank you very much. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us, we are at Dedicated Nerds on Twitter, DedicatedNerds at gmail.com, and visit our website at DedicatedNerds.net. Nest. No, not Nest. DedicatedNerds.net. <laughs> I was about to ask. <laughs> Nest. Great. You just turned on my AC. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Dave. Have a good rest of your day. Goodbye, all. Thank you. And Carney, same to you. Have a good rest of your day. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.